the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter number 4. We're going to begin tonight and hopefully be going through on Sunday nights. We're going to begin a series in the book of Philippians tonight. Uh, we went through the book of Philippians uh, 11 years ago. It's been quite a while. And uh, so we're going to venture back into this book again. Not that we haven't been in there in 11 years, but we're going to spend a significant amount of time in it uh, throughout this year, primarily, most likely on Sunday nights, probably spend most of our time on Sunday mornings speaking about salt and light. But I want us to look here tonight, and we're just, we're, I just want to read a few verses, and then we're going to go to the Old Testament, and that's where we're going to spend our time tonight. Uh, if you're taking notes tonight, this will be an unusual message. I do not have a three-point outline for you tonight with three sub-points and all of that good stuff. We're just going to walk through a number of passages in the Old Testament tonight. But I want us to notice here in Philippians chapter number 4, by the way, even before we, before we read, if you could give one word for the book of Philippians, what, what would that word get? What would that word be? Excuse me. Joy. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight is joy. Look what he says in verse number 4. Apostle Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Drop down, if you would, to verse number 10. It's very interesting that the last song that we sang, 173, if Jesus goes with me, listen to that last verse. It says, It is not mine to question the judgments of my Lord, it, it, excuse me, it is but mine to follow the leadings of His word. But if to go or stay, or whether here or there, I'll be with my Savior content anywhere. And that was the Apostle Paul. Content anywhere. Why? Because he was a man filled with joy. Were his circumstances great? Especially in the book of Philippians as he's writing this book? Absolutely not. He's in prison. Look what he says in verse number 10. He says, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. There again, we've already seen it twice in verse number 4. And in verse number 10, we see it again, the word rejoice. He said, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. We've said this before, but, but what is the largest state in the United States of America? The state of discontentment. The state of discontentment. Many times people say, Texas, Alaska. No, 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 the state of discontentment. That's the largest state in the United States of America. And the Apostle Paul says, For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. How could he say that? He could say that because of joy. He could say that because he was a man who rejoiced in spite, in spite of suffering, in spite of everything else he went through, he rejoiced. Verse number 12, he says, I know, excuse me, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound 
Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then verse number 13, the great verse that we know, he says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And so tonight I, I want to take our Bibles and I want us to go back to the Old Testament. And we're going to begin in 1 Samuel chapter number 18. And I want to ask us before we begin, how would you define joy? How would you define joy tonight? Josh, we turn this heat down a little bit. Turn it down to 68. How would you define joy? Say it again. Oh, that's good. We, we have an idea of what joy is, don't we? And many times we, we equate joy with happiness and that's not right. Now, can I be joyful and happy at the same time? Can happiness be a part of joy? Absolutely. But, but they're not the same thing. Miss Pam said, being in the presence of Christ. We'll see that tonight in some of the verses that we look at. Joy is absolutely being in the presence of Christ. How else would you describe joy? Content. Content. In whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Okay, so let's take that one a little bit further. When I am content, what does that mean I'm doing? Well, I'm being content. Okay, but why or how? What, what, what allows me to be content? Faith, trust, dependence in the fact that God provides, that God supplies. And so even though circumstances may not be great, see, see, joy is not predicated upon circumstances, right? Because circumstances are, aren't always great. Joy is not predicated upon that. It's predicated upon being in His presence, of being content because I'm having faith, because I'm trusting. Those are really good. We're going to see all that tonight. Anything else? Anybody want to add anything? What is joy? How would you... What are some, what, how would you define joy? Anything else? Let me give you a definition. And by the way, this is not exhaustive. Okay, as we begin this series tonight. And we'll get to the book of Philippians probably, probably not next Sunday night, but the following Sunday night on the 28th. But I want to give you a definition tonight. And this may change a little bit as we go throughout the Series because this is not exhausted by any means, but joy is a state of peace, hope, strength, and gladness. And we could add many other words to that as well. A state of peace, hope, strength, and gladness brought about by trust in God's promises, obedience to God's precepts, and delight in God's presence. Joy is a state of peace, hope, strength, and gladness brought about by trust, faith, dependence, brought about by trust in God's promises, brought about by obedience to God's precepts, and brought about by delight in God's presence. And so let's see some of this tonight. We're going to start here in 1 Samuel chapter 18. I don't know if I told you to turn there or not, but let's start here. In 1 Samuel chapter number 18, 
What is joy? Joy is many, many things, and we're going to see many of those tonight. And I, I submit to you, first of all, tonight, and let's just read the verse. Let's just read the verse. We'll talk about it a little bit. I have 25 verses or passages. It's snowing outside. We don't have anywhere to go. You say, Pastor, I'm going no matter whether you're done or not. 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 6. Look what the Bible says. And it came to pass as they came, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women came out of all cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tabrets or tabrets, with joy and with instruments of music. With the instruments, but with joy. What is joy? Can I submit to us first of all tonight that joy comes or is a result of God giving us victory? Of when God Almighty, not, not when we get the victory, although we do get the victory when He gives us the victory. Don't misunderstand that. But when God brings about victory in our lives, that's joy. The Bible says they came out and they're singing. They came out with the musical instruments and they're singing. But how are they singing? They're singing with what? Joy. By the way, what has just happened? David killed Goliath. Chapter 17, David kills Goliath. Chapter 18, they're coming. The, the, the Bible says the women are singing and they're singing with joy. Man, when God gives the victory. All right, let's go a little bit further. Now, we're, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on these. Uh, First Chronicles, First Chronicles chapter number 12. When God gives victory. Now, now, think about this. Many times when God gives the victory, is it an easy road to the victory? Is it an easy path? No, it's a path of trust. David is getting ready to go fight the giant. He's getting ready to go battle with Goliath. And how does he do it? He doesn't do it because he's a, a young man of great stature. No, he does it because he's a young man of great faith. And he says, look, Goliath, God is going to give me your head today. I'm going to take your head off and it's going to be by faith. It's going to be by trust. And then what comes when God gives the victory after we trust? The joy does. 1 Chronicles chapter number 12, verse number 40. The Bible says, Moreover they that were nigh them, even unto Issachar and Zebulun and Naphtali, brought bread on asses and on camels and on mules and on oxen and meat, meal, cakes of figs and bunches of raisins and wine and oil and oxen and sheep abundantly, for there was joy in Israel. Anybody know the context here? I know we're, we're, a lot of these verses we're going to get a little bit out of context. Anybody know the context here? Just made David king. Can I submit to you another reason for joy tonight? It's when the righteous reign. When the righteous reign. They've been under the reign of Saul. They're getting ready to have... Man reign. Again, this isn't the, the, the entirety, but they're getting ready to have a man reign who is a man after God's own heart. They're bringing him to Hebron. We have the story in 2 Samuel chapter number 5, probably a little bit more familiar than here in 1 Chronicles chapter number 12. But when the righteous reign... 
there is joy. Go a little bit further, probably just a couple pages. First Chronicles chapter number 15. First Chronicles chapter number 15. See, so many times we get this idea that joy is, oh, when I, you know, when I get a, you know, when I get a big raise or got a big Christmas bonus, and that's good. There is joy in that because that's God's blessing, right? Okay, I'm, I'm not diminishing that at all. But that's that's not just what joy is. It's, it's not when you know, everything's going great and the health is good and the money's good and, and everything seems to be going well and everybody's getting along and boy, there's just a, a, an environment of happiness. That, that's not everything that joy is. That can be part of it. But joy can be found when circumstances do, don't look rosy and sunny. Joy can be even in those times as well. First Chronicles chapter number 15. By the way, here, here's a good example of that. First Chronicles 15. We have in the context here, this is after David has tried to do a good thing in a wrong way. He wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. And he did it in a wrong way. Back in chapter 13. What do they do? How, how do they try to bring the ark back? They put it on a cart, on a new cart. Hey, that's a good thing, isn't it? It's a new cart, a, sh- a shiny new cart. The wood's probably wonderfully, uh, I mean, I mean, no, no stains on it. It hasn't been worn. The wood's wonderful. We're going to put this on a new cart. Well, that's not the way God said to do it. And so they, they did a good thing, but they did it in a wrong way. And so Uzzah pays the price for it. He puts his hand uh, to, to settle to steady the Ark of the Covenant, and God kills him. Well, in chapter number 15, David decides to do it the right way. And look what the Bible says in 1 Chronicles 15 and verse 16. The Bible says, And David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be the singers with instruments of music, psalteries, and harps, and cymbals, sounding by lifting up the voice with what? With joy. Verse number 25. So David and the elders of Israel and the captains over thousands went to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the house of Obed-Edom with joy. Can I submit to us tonight that joy is a result of obedience? That joy is a result of obedience. We we mentioned that in our definition. It is a state of peace and hope and strength and gladness brought brought about by trust, faith in God's promises, and obedience to God's precepts. By the way, when when Uzzah was killed back in chapter number 13, was David real happy about that? Mm -mm. But you see, David has brought his mind and his heart in line with God. And when he did that, and when he was obedient to God and he said, you know what, I, I don't know exactly everything David said. The Bible doesn't tell us. But when David brought himself in line with God's word and he went and he instructed the people, this is how we're supposed to do it. And they went and did it. Was there joy in chapter 13? No. But there's joy in chapter 15. In chapter 13, you have disobedience. In chapter number 15, you have obedience. So, submit to us, first of all, that there is joy when God brings victory. There is joy when the righteous reign. There is joy when there is obedience. It's a result 
of obedience. Go just a few pages further. First Chronicles chapter number 29. First Chronicles chapter number 29. This goes right along with it, but there's a different phraseology here in First Chronicles 29. Joy is the result of obedience, but joy, excuse me, joy is the result of a perfect heart. First Chronicles chapter number 29, verse number 9. Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly. Notice this. Because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Drop down to verse 17. He says, I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now have I seen with joy thy people, which are present here, to offer willingly unto thee. So... Not, not only did David have joy because he's offering willing. By the way, what's going on here in this chapter? What, what are, why are they even offering? Okay, they're making Solomon king. And they're offering for... To do what? To build the temple. Solomon, a little bit further down, Solomon's going to become king. Remember, God said, David, you're not going to build the temple, but I'm going to make a covenant with you, but your son's going to build the temple and so now Solomon's getting ready to be the king and they're offering, they're willingly offering for the building of the temple. And so not only is there joy in David's heart because he's offering, but there's joy in his heart because he's seeing the people offer willingly. He's seeing the, the, the people of Israel give and, and yes, sacrifice and offer willingly for, for the construction of the temple. And the Bible says there in verse number 9 that they offered willingly because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. It's a result of a perfect heart. Go further with me. The book of Ezra, Ezra chapter number 3 tonight. Joy comes when God brings victory. Joy is a result of the righteous reigning. It's a result of obedience. It's a result of a perfect heart. And here in Ezra chapter 3, and then we'll see it in chapter number 6 as well, joy comes when worship is restored. When worship is restored. Ezra chapter number 3, notice verse number 13. The Bible says, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. What are they shouting about? The temple being rebuilt. Look, look back at verse number 12. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation... How would you like to be uh, called ancient? They call them ancient men. That had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice, and many shouted aloud for joy. Look at chapter number 6, Ezra chapter number 6, verse number 19. The Bible says, And the children of the captivity kept the Passover upon the 14th day of the first month. Think, think about this as we're looking at these. Think about everything they've gone through. Think about the Babylonian captivity. Was that joyous? It was a result of sin. 
But now God has allowed them, according to His promise, after 70 years to come back. And now they're rebuilding the temple. Then we'll get into Nehemiah. They're, they're rebuilding the walls, but they're rebuilding the temple. The place of worship is restored. And when that happens, what happens in their hearts? There's joy. There, there's peace and there's hope and there's gladness and there's strength which is brought about by trust in God's promises, by obedience to God's precepts, and by, by uh, what was the last one? It's His presence. By delight in God's presence. That's joy. Verse number 19 of chapter 6, And the children of the captivity kept the Passover upon, excuse me, upon the 14th day of the first month, for the priests and the Levites were purified together. All of them were pure and killed the Passover for all the children of the captivity and for their brethren, the priests, and for themselves. And the children of Israel, which were come again out of, excuse me, out of captivity, and all such as had separated themselves unto them for the uh, filthiness of the heathen of the land to seek the Lord God of Israel, did eat. Now in chapter 3, they're rejoicing, there's joy. Because the temple has been rebuilt. In chapter 6, the Passover has been restored or it's being restored. Look at verse 22. And kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with what? Joy. For the Lord had made them joyful and turned the heart of the king of Assyria unto them to strengthen their hands in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. When worship is restored, there's joy. By the way, we'll get to this, but in Psalm 51, what does David pray for? Return to me the joy of my salvation. Had he lost his salvation? No. But he had lost the joy of it. He wasn't worshiping the way he used to. He wasn't communing with God the way he used to. And so the joy of that salvation wasn't what it once was. And he says, return that to me. Look at the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter number 8. Nehemiah chapter number 8. Verse number 10, we know this verse. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the, excuse me, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Anybody know, what, what, if, what have they just finished doing here in Nehemiah 8? Reading the Word. Look at verse number 8. So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense, explained it, and caused them to understand the reading. They've just read. They've had the book open. They've had the law read. In verse number 10, verse 9, he says, Look, this is a holy unto the Lord. It's a day holy unto the Lord. Mourn not nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law because, again, they're reminded of what they didn't do. They're reminded of why they went to Babylon. They're reminded of the captivity. But he says in verse number 10, no, 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 no. This is a holy day unto the Lord. Neither be ye sorry. Eat the fat, drink the sweet. This is a day of feasting. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yes, bad things happen because of sin. And yes, we all may have regrets because of sin in the past. But listen, that's not today. God's brought us back from that. God's brought us out of captivity. He's brought us back to Jerusalem. He's allowed us to rebuild the temple. He's allowed us to rebuild the walls. Don't live in the past. Be reminded of it. 
Yes, because we don't need to forget what took us there to begin with, but we don't have to live there anymore because God brought us back. And I submit to us that joy, the joy of the Lord, that's what we're talking about tonight. It's our source of strength. It's our source of strength. Where do we get that joy? We get it from the Word. They've read the law. They've given the sense of it in verse number 8. They read it distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading Look at chapter number 12 and verse 43. Nehemiah chapter number 12. Joy comes when God brings victory, when the righteous reign. Joy is a result of obedience. It's a result of a perfect heart. Joy comes when worship is restored. Joy is the source of our strength. Nehemiah chapter 12 and verse number 43. Joy comes when the walls are rebuilt. Joy comes when protection is restored. Nehemiah chapter number 12 and verse number 43. Also that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced. For God had made them rejoice, excuse me, rejoice with great joy. The wives also and the children rejoiced. So that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even how far? Afar off. Afar off. How far is that? I don't know. But it's afar off. The husbands, the wives, the children, the daddies, the mamas, the children, the men, the women, the children. They're rejoicing. And the Bible says the the voice of rejoicing was heard even afar off. Why? Because the walls of protection had been rebuilt. By the way, what, what were they trying to protect? Why did they even want to rebuild the walls? They wanted to protect the temple. Remember, they've already rebuilt the temple and they're in a hurry to rebuild the walls, aren't they? Why? Because they want to protect the temple. That's why Nehemiah gets them in together and each one of them, they're working on one section of the wall. They're working where their home is and they're working right there at that section of the wall because they're trying to get it finished. Why? Because they want to protect the temple. They want to protect their worship. They want to protect their families. They want to protect their city. Joy comes when protection is restored. Joy comes when the walls are rebuilt. Let's go a little bit further. Go to the book of Esther, if you would. Esther chapter number 8. Esther chapter number 8. Esther chapter number 8, verses 16 and 17, and then chapter 9 and verse number 22. Joy comes... When wickedness is thwarted and righteousness triumphs. Joy comes when wickedness is thwarted and righteous triumphs. Joy comes when God's vengeance is executed. Joy comes when mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, is turned into a good day. Look what the Bible says here, Esther chapter number 8, verses 16 and 17. The Bible says the Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. And in every province and in every city, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day. And many of the people of the land became Jews, for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. Look at chapter 9 and verse 22. As the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies, and the month which was turned unto them from sorrow... To what? To joy. And from morning into what kind of a day? That they should make them days of feasting and joy and of sending portions one to another and gifts to the poor. 
Esther chapter number 9. It's talking about the Feast of what? Anybody know? The Feast of Purim. The Feast of Purim. It's a Feast of Thanksgiving. It's a Feast of them thanking God that He executed vengeance, that wickedness was thwarted, that righteousness triumphed, that a day of mourning turned into a Good day. Isn't it amazing? And you know this tonight. Isn't it amazing that God never has to be mentioned for us to know that He's there? You know God's name is never mentioned in Esther? Ever. But we know He's there, don't we? See, God's name doesn't have to be mentioned for us to know that He's there. To see His hand working all throughout the book of Esther. The the great verse about Esther for such a time as this. Esther is come for such a time as this. We never see God's name, but we know without a doubt that He's there. His imprint is all over the book of Esther. Joy comes when wickedness is thwarted. Back to what we spoke about earlier, when the righteous reign, when wickedness is thwarted and righteousness triumphs. Go a little bit further, the book of Job, Job chapter number 38. Job chapter number 38, verse number 7. Job 38, verse number 7. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. How about God's creation? What a great source of joy is God's creation. Job chapter number 38. Back up if you would. Verse number 4, he says, Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut up the sea with the doors when it break forth as if it had issued out of the womb. When I made the cloud, the garment thereof in thick darkness, a swaddling band for it. And break up for it my, de- excuse me, my decreed place and set bars and doors. And we could go on and on and on. How about God's creation? What, what is joy? It's God's creation. What is joy? It's God's triumph. What is joy? It's God's victory. What is joy? It's God's righteousness. What is joy? It's God's presence. What is joy? It's it's obedience to our God. Look at the book of Psalms with me, if you would. Psalm chapter number 5. Psalm 5. Psalm 5. A state of peace, hope, strength, and gladness brought about by trust in God's promises, obedience to God's precepts, and delight in God's presence. Psalm 5, verse number 11. The psalmist David, he says, But let all those that put their what? Their trust in thee. Do what? Rejoice. Let them ever shout for what? Why? Because God does what? He defends. That's the very next phrase. Because he defends. Why is David going to trust in God? Why is David going to rejoice? Why is David going to shout for joy? And why does he encourage others to do the same who trust in God? Why? 
because God defends. Because thou defendest them, let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. It's a state of peace, hope, strength and gladness brought about by trust in God's promises. Obedience to God's precepts. And delight in God's presence. It's not brought about because all of the bad circumstances are taken away. No, no, no. It's brought about by trust in God's precepts. Or obedience to God's precepts. Trust in God's promises and delight in God's presence. Look a little bit further. Psalm chapter number 16. Psalm 16. I say chapter, but Psalm 16. Verse number 11. Here we, here we go. Perfect. I mean, it declares it specifically that joy is found in the presence of God. Psalm 16 and verse number 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is what? Not just joy, but fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Many believe Psalm 16 to be a messianic psalm. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. In thy presence is what? Fullness of joy. Psalm 21. Psalm 21. Psalm 21 in verse number 1. Again, a psalm of David. Verse 1 says... The king shall, excuse me, shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. What is joy? It is God's strength, and it is God's salvation. Psalm 30, verse number 5. Psalm 30, verse number 5. A psalm and song at the dedication of the house of David, verse 5. The Bible says, For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Joy comes when we remember God's justice and God's holiness. In verse number 4, he says, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his what? Of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. What does God favor? He favors life. His anger endureth but for a moment. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Psalm 32. Psalm 32. What is joy? Joy is the fact that God does not impute sin, but He does impute righteousness. Psalm 32, a psalm of David. Masculine, an instructive psalm, if you will. This is blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer, Selah. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin, Selah. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. 
be not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked but he that trusteth in the Lord what shall compass him about? Mercy. And then notice verse 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice ye righteous and shout for joy. All ye that are upright in heart. By the way, why are we upright? Because God doesn't impute sin, but He imputes righteousness. What does the word impute mean? It means to put it on the account. It means to put it to someone's account. So He doesn't impute sin to my account. When a person comes to Christ and the blood of Christ washes away his sin, he take, that sin is taken away. No longer is it on our account, but now He imputes, He puts righteousness on our account, Romans chapter 4 is a great passage on that. He imputes, He puts it on our account. So the sin is taken off, it's, it, it's paid in full, it's no longer there. And now the righteousness. It's like if someone paid, if, if you have a house note tonight, if someone paid that house note for you, but they didn't just pay the house note for you, they put that money plus into your account. They paid and they took all of that debt away and they paid your house note and then they put another 500000 in your account. He takes the sin away. He doesn't impute sin, but He imputes His righteousness. He puts that on our account. That's joy. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Psalm 48. Psalm 48. We're getting there. We're getting close. Psalm 48. A song and psalm for the sons of Korah. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in the mountain of His holiness. Beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. On the sides of the north, the city of the great king. God is known in her palaces for a refuge. For lo, the kings were assembled. They passed by together. They saw it and so they marveled. They were troubled and hasted away. Fear took hold upon them there and pain as of a woman in travail. Drop down. We could read the whole psalm, but drop down to verse 14. Here's joy. For this God is our God forever and ever. Beautiful for situation, verse 2 says, The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great King. For this God is our God forever and ever. That's joy. This God is our God forever and ever. When we delight in His presence, when we trust His promises, when we're obedient to His precepts. By the way, we're obedient to His precepts because we trust His promises. I can be obedient because I trust Him. I trust that what He tells me is right. So when I trust Him, I can be obedient and I can delight in His presence because He's trustworthy. This God is our God forever and ever. He will be our God even unto death. Psalm, uh, Psalm 51. We referenced this just a moment ago. Psalm 32 speaks of David's transgression with Bathsheba. Psalm 51 speaks of David's transgression with Bathsheba. But really more, it speaks of him returning to God after his transgression with Bathsheba. Verse number 8. He says, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Verse number 12, restore unto me the joy 
of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Can I submit to you that joy is, here's joy. Joy is sins forgiven. That's joy. Joy is sins that are forgiven. The sin isn't imputed, but the righteousness is. Joy is sins forgiven. A state of peace, hope, strength, and gladness. Brought about by trust in God's promises. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Trust in God's promises. Joy is sins forgiven. Psalm 67, verse number 4. Joy is righteous judgment. I'm not going to read that one. Look at Psalm 126 if you would. Psalm 126. And by the way, these, these aren't all the places where we find joy. These are just a few. Psalm 126. Psalm 126. Verses 5, excuse me, 5 and 6. Joy is when we pray for the lost and the lost are saved. Psalm 126 verses 5 and 6. He says, They that sow in tears shall reap in what? Joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious, excuse me, precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Joy is the lost being prayed for and the lost being won, the lost being saved. Go with me into the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 15. Proverbs chapter number 15 and verse number 23. I submit to us that joy is right speech. Proverbs 15 and verse number 23. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season. How good is it? Joy is right speech. Proverbs chapter number 17. Proverbs 17 verse number 21. For the kids in here tonight, joy comes to the father of the wise. You want to bring joy to your mom and dad? Bring, be a wise son or a wise daughter. By the way, who, who are the wise? Somebody tell me tonight, who are the wise? Okay, those that fear the Lord, absolutely. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, isn't it? You know who the wise are? The wise are those who hear God's word and they receive it. As opposed to the fool who hears God's word and rejects it. You want to bring joy to your mom and dad, kids, teenagers? Be a wise son. Be a wise daughter. Be, be a wise son who hears the word and receives it. A wise daughter who hears the word and receives it. Look what the Bible says here, Proverbs 17 and verse number 21. He that begetteth a fool... Doeth it to his sorrow. Notice this. We really have the flip side here. And the father of a fool hath no joy. So the opposite of that is what? A father who has a wise son or a wise daughter does have joy, right? The Bible says here, verse 21, The father of a fool hath no joy. No joy. Look at chapter 23, Proverbs 23, verse number 24. Proverbs 23 and verse 24. The Bible says, the father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. And he that begetteth a wise child shall have what? Joy of him. Just a few more. Look at Isaiah chapter number 51. Actually, you know what? Isaiah 51 and 11, if you're taking notes, joy is redemption. Joy is redemption. Isaiah 51 verse number 11. But look at Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 Joy is the beauty of restoration. 
Isaiah chapter number 61 and verse number 3. The Bible says to this, is speaking of the restoration of Israel. It says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. Isaiah 61, 3, Joy is the beauty of restoration. Now this is talking about Israel. This is talking about Israel being restored in the kingdom age. We understand that. But isn't it wonderful when we see a, a child of God being restored back to Him? Wow. Beauty for ashes, the Bible says. Uh, the oil of joy for mourning. Let me give you just a couple of more, a couple more if I could. Jeremiah chapter 15. Let, let me just get, well, let's read it. Jeremiah 15. This one's too good not to read. We know it. When we read it, you'll know it. Jeremiah chapter number 15. What is joy? Joy is God's word. Joy is God's word. Jeremiah chapter number 15 and verse number 16. 15, 16. Thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the what? The joy. The joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. It is the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Because it's God's word that helps us to trust and to know His promises. It helps us to be obedient to His precepts and it helps us to delight in His presence because He's trustworthy. Two more. Habakkuk 3.18 What is joy? Joy is the God of our salvation. Habakkuk 3.18 And then let's look at one last one in the book of Zephaniah. Zephaniah chapter number 3. Habakkuk 3.18 If you're taking notes, joy is the God of our salvation. And Habakkuk, and I'll read it, but let's look at Zephaniah 3, Habakkuk 3.18. If you've ever studied Habakkuk, you know, you read and Habakkuk is wanting God to, to, to work and he's wanting God really to judge. And in verse number 18, he says, Yet, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Joy is the God of my salvation. And then Zephaniah 3, verses 14 through 17. Here we have it again. Joy is God's presence. Joy is God's presence. Verse 14, Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all the heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord hath taken away thy judgments. He hath cast out thine enemy, the King of Israel. Even the Lord is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil anymore. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not. And to Zion, let not thine hands be slack. Verse 17, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is what? Mighty is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee. Isn't that something? He will rejoice over thee with what? With joy. He will rest in His love. He will joy over thee with singing. Isn't it amazing that God joys over His people? Joy is God's presence. He says, in the midst of thee, the one who is in the midst of thee, and he, he names him specifically, the Lord thy God is in the midst of thee. And what is he? He's mighty. He's mighty. So tonight, you see, joy isn't a million dollars in the bank. That, that might make us happy for a while. Might make us happy for a long while. But that's not lasting joy. Joy is a state of hope, peace, Strength and gladness brought about. You, you see, th- those, those don't ever have to leave. I can always be in a state, like Paul was, a state of contentment. 
a state of peace and hope and strength and what was the fourth one? Gladness. I guess we should add contentment in there, shouldn't we? That's really what we're talking about, isn't it? Brought about, not by money, brought about not by circumstances being great, not brought about by everything's going well, no problems, car's running well. We're going to get home tonight, car's still going to be running well. No, 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 it's not brought about by that. It's brought about by trust in God's promises, even when circumstances aren't good. Brought about by obedience to God's precepts. And brought about by delight in God's presence. That's joy. And the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians, as he's writing this to the church at Philippi, he's writing this in circumstances that aren't the best. But he's writing it with joy and rejoicing. And by the way, he's challenging the church at Philippi to rejoice. By the way, in verse number 4, what do you say? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, double emphasis, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Joy. Father, thank you for the time you gave us tonight. Father, thank you for your joy. Father, thank you for the fact that it can be lasting. It should be lasting. It should be a constant state. Because it's not based upon our circumstances. It's based upon you and you are fixed you are faithful. You are immutable. You don't change. You're fixed. And so if, if my joy is based upon you, it can be in a constant state. And Father, we thank you and praise you for that tonight. Father, help us as we go through this series. Father, encourage our hearts. Father, as salt and light, as we think about that, people who are salt and light ought to be people who are joyful. Because circumstances may be bad. But we still ought to be joyful because our joy is fixed in you. And I pray that you'll remind us of that. Father, give us a good night. Please do. Please do give safety as folks go to their homes tonight, Father. Just give us a good night. Give us a good week. Lord, watch over us, care for us, keep us safe. And Lord, if it be your will, if you'll allow us, Lord, bring us back together on Wednesday night. And we'll thank you and praise you for it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. You are dismissed tonight.